Hey gang, welcome back to Voices in My Head. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things before we start. I hope you've been enjoying Voices in My Head and all the guests that we've been having week after week on this podcast. And if you are, would you please go to iTunes and leave us a podcast review for this podcast. It helps us to gain visibility, it helps us to get more listeners, and it helps me to know what kind of shows you've been enjoying and what you'd like to hear more of. Secondly, if you're able to help out at all in the way of sponsorship, you can go to rickleejames.com or voicesinmyheadpodcast.com, click on the tip jar and sponsorship link, and you can find out there how to give to this podcast. Uh, And I don't like to just ask for something for nothing. So since it costs roughly $11 a show in order to produce this podcast, if you donate $11 or more, I'm going to send you a way to get 11 free songs that I've never before released. 11 free tracks anyway. Some of them are songs I've released, but these are like live recordings, and some of them are unreleased songs. Some of them are things that pertain specifically to the podcast you can't get anywhere else. They're not on CDs, they're not on iTunes, they're not on the internet anywhere, except with this code that I'm going to give you. So if you donate $11 or more, you get 11 tracks. So just my way of saying thank you, and I hope you'll be able to support us. Now, with that being out of the way, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here at Voices in My Head. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Well, welcome back, Voices in My Head cases, to this episode of Voices in My Head. Very special episode, number 46. Number 46 through number 49 are actually going to be me. Yeah, I just got done speaking at a prayer retreat here in northwestern Ohio for about 250 people. And uh, it was a three-day event, had four different sessions. And I wanted to share those sessions with you for these next four weeks. Uh, It'll also help. One reason I'm doing that is um, I need to get uh, you guys' votes. Uh, We actually have on the rickleyjames.com website and on the Voices in My Head Facebook page, there is a poll that you can go to, and on that poll is listed every single episode of Voices in My Head that we have done thus far. And leading up to our 50th episode celebration, which you can be a part of on the 14th of December uh, by either calling in at 937-523-0542, or you can Skype in at my name, Rick Lee James, or you can call our listener phone line at 937-505-0162 and leave a message for the show in advance. Well, the poll that I have on there has every episode, and you can vote for your favorite episode of Voices in My Head. So I'm trying to figure out who is the winner this year. Which guest did you enjoy the most? Which guest is getting the most reaction from fans? And so uh, if you could be a part of that, that would be awesome. And really, if you can't be a part of that show on the 14th, please consider um, calling in and leaving a message for the show on the phone line. Maybe just tell us something you've appreciated about Voices in My Head or uh, something that made you laugh or something that made you think in a different way. Just anything you'd really like to share. Um, 50 episodes is exciting for me, so I'm looking forward to this listener call-in show, and we're going to celebrate nearly a year of episodes together. 
So that is coming up. Just wanted to let you know. So make sure you vote on that poll for your favorite show. Um, so what else do I need to do before we get into question of the week? Um, we continue to um, get closer and closer to the release date of my new DVD slash audio CD of Basement Psalms. Ten new songs that I recorded live in concert. And I'm looking forward to bring that to you. It's currently being mastered. And uh, I, I know I've been giving you guys updates um, it was almost ready last week to be sent off to be mastered. Now it is officially in process. So after that comes production. So um, I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed, maybe I can get this out by Christmas or get some um, pre-orders. But we'll see. Well, I don't want to spend too much time talking because you're going to hear me talking the whole rest of the episode. Uh, I mean, so I want to have uh, some listener feedback right now through something that we call Question of the Week. <laughs> Question of the week. This week actually comes to you from my friend Matthew Cole. I had asked him if he had any good ideas, and I thought this was kind of a funny one because vacation Bible schools often have uh, a wide and weird, wonderful array of themes. And uh, he said the question should be, what comic book would make the best theme for this summer's Vacation Bible School? Tell us why. Uh, we got a lot of answers, uh, and so I'm going to try to get through them as quickly as possible. Dave Sanders, I believe, was the first answer, and he said, Definitely X-Men. Just a few reasons off the top of my head. Variety of characters. Theme of alienation from the world. Theme of reconciliation with the world. The name X being both the Greek abbreviation for Christ and X meaning we are no longer our former selves. The old has gone, the new has come, etc., etc. Uniqueness of our individual gifts but common purpose and functioning as one unit. Theme of orphans and adoption. Theme of service, even to those who hate, fear, and misunderstand us. That's just a few off the top of my head. I've got an appointment to keep, but if I think of more, I'll add them later. And true to form, later on on the list, uh, David did make another appearance. So thank you, Dave Sanders. We'll hear back from you in just a few moments. Uh, our next answer for question of the week came from Tony James. That's my sis. Uh, says, hmm, this is a tough one. I... Uh, I don't think just one would do it. Perhaps a comic theme would be good, though, and then contrast those characters with biblical heroes. So you could use, for example, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and The Avengers, and also use Moses, Deborah, the Twelve Disciples, Paul, and, of course, Jesus. We did a similar theme when I was in California, and it was a lot of fun, though we didn't use it for VBS. It was a regular children's church series. We had a comic book theme for the decorations and everything. It made the children's department look very fun. Thanks, Tony, for that. Matthew Cole, who actually had the idea for this question this week, said, I'm going with the Marvel Comics Secret Wars series, just so at the first everyone... Just so at first everyone feels welcome, but that way the director can be the beyonder and kick misbehaving kids out with no real reason or excuse. Um, for those uh, few of us listening that read Secret Wars back in the 80s, we get that reference. Uh, thank you, Matt. I do appreciate that. I loved Secret Wars. I still have the action figures, actually, so... Uh, that's great stuff. Uh, we had some more answers. David Sanders came back with another answer. He said, Bizarro. I think there's a lot of great parallels between Bizarro World and the church, but that might be a little deep for the kiddies. And he also asked, did they make a comic book of the Matrix trilogy? Because that would be a great way to introduce your kids to epistemology, soteriology, Zionism, pneumonology, and Platonic and Zoroastrianism dual dualism. 
Uh, and isn't that what VBS is all about? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It's hilarious. Uh, John Waltrip. Uh, Waldrip, rather, um, said the Justice League of America, it featured different heroes with different ability to fight evil. We are given different gifts by the Holy Spirit to fight the demons of hell, to edify the church, and to witness to the world. Virginia Waldrip. So, uh, thanks, Virginia. I, I'm assuming that was Virginia writing in for John, and I appreciate you hearing from both of you, or one of you, or whichever one it was. Thanks for writing in today. And uh, guest of the show, Trip York, uh, one of my favorite episodes that we had this year uh, was Trip, and he wrote in um, the boys or the preacher. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, he he likes a little bit grittier comics, and uh, and he said or Sweet Tooth. Actually, that would be really cool. He's a big Jeff Lemire fan, and uh, so some of you probably haven't heard of that. I actually think, uh, you know, if we could go with his favorite comics, I'd probably go with Morning Glories or Chew if you were going to ask me per uh, personally because those are just really interesting storylines. And, boy, you could have a lot of fun with that stuff. So, anyway, I believe that is it. I hope I didn't miss anybody. We had a lot of answers this week and a lot to get done in a short time. So, thank you for being a part of Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Well, I do want to remind you before we get into um, what I'm going to be talking about today through this uh, retreat I was at, uh, that New Year's Eve is coming, December 31st of this year. It's on a Monday night, I believe. We're going to be having, once again, the Rick Lee James and Friends concert, and we're going to be doing it here in Springfield, Ohio. You can get tickets online for only $5, or you can go to Beacon of Hope Christian Stores and get those for $5 as well. If you wait until the day of the event, it goes up to $10 when you get to the door, so it really behooves you to come and pay $5 in advance and bring your youth group, bring your friends. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We always have a great time, and we'll end the night with with worship together. We may even do communion this year. You never know. As you'll hear in the messages today, starting today, we closed every service of this prayer retreat with teens with communion. I was speaking mostly to teenagers uh, on the Northwest Ohio District, and it's uh, it's a little difficult to talk to them about prayer, but they were so good. Uh, we introduced the, them to some ancient prayer practices, which may be new to some of you, so uh, hang in there. We're going to give you the first of four sessions today, and um, I hope that you'll enjoy this. I hope you'll take it to heart, and hopefully we can learn how to pray together. Praying is not just talking. Matter of fact, I don't even think that is praying. Praying is actually responding to God with or without words. And how we respond to Him makes all the difference in the world. Oftentimes we just talk, and that's supplication. But I'm not going to get into the sermon here because I'm about to get into it there. So this is the first of four messages that's going to be coming to you in the next four episodes of Voices in My Head. I hope you enjoy. Please send some feedback. I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to vote for your favorite episodes, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thanks for listening to Voices in My Head. I'm Rick Lee James. James, I am a musician. This is not something I always do. Um, I, oftentimes, uh, I'm doing what these guys are doing. I travel, uh, I make music for my living, uh, whether I'm worship leading or songwriting or doing things like that. So when they asked me to be a speaker, I was like, sweet, I get to do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And when they asked me um, to focus on prayer for this week, I, I know nothing about it. It's, you know, 
uh, that's great, because I need to do it more. I do know quite a lot about prayer, but as I was preparing these lessons, I thought, you know, I wonder if I know as much about prayer as I know how to do it. And the more that I prayed about this over the months getting ready for this, God began to speak to me more and more and speak to my heart and remind me that maybe I don't know about prayer as much as I should. So I want to start tonight by telling you guys a story. The story comes from John chapter 5. I do encourage you to, uh, to bring something to take notes with, bring a Bible with you whenever you come to service, and just have your ears open and attentive, because it might be the kind of thing you might want to take some notes on and, and be able to maybe take back home with you. I should let you know as well, I run a weekly podcast called Voices in My Head, and uh, I, I just released my 45th episode today. This past year, I've had um, people like Jason Gray on my show, I've had uh, Andrew Peterson, I've had... Um, just a lot of musicians, a lot of authors, a lot of pastors, different people like that to chat. And you guys are uh, are now on a podcast at this point. I'm actually recording this as we go along, so you know, watch what you say. More than that, I have to watch what I say. Yeah, you have to start being the Amen crowd now. Woo! Yeah, it's like there's like seven thousand people here. Podcast, it's huge in this big place where we're at. Uh, so just love to let you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, record without permission. You guys all have to sign a waiver before you leave that I can keep on kidding. Well, John chapter 5, I just want to start there. We're not going to be spending the whole time in John chapter 5, but I didn't even plan on talking about John chapter 5 tonight. But as I drove here, as the day went by, God began speaking to me through this passage, and I thought I at least need to start here and see where God's taking us tonight. We're going to be focusing in on prayer. It was a very appropriate last song that they just sang. It said, if our God is for us. There's a word in that scripture where that song was written from that we so often just skim right over. It's a little two-letter word, if. If our God is for us. We always want to assume that he is. We always just assume, well, God's on our side. Just like every army that goes to war assumes that. The Nazis wore God with us on their uniform. We as Americans assumed he was on our side. Everybody felt like God was on our side. But the question we need to ask is, are we on his? Are we where he wants us to be? So it's very appropriate when we sing that song, if our God is for us, who could stand against us? Because if he's not, we aren't going to stand against anything. And I, I do believe fundamentally and theologically that God is for us. But in order for Him to be for us in the depth that He desires to be, we have to come over to where He desires for us. So John chapter 5, you have this story real quick of a, of a lame person who is, has been lame for 38 years. And when I say lame, I don't mean like that guy was lame. I mean like he was like laid up. He was a cripple. He couldn't move. And legend had it that by this pool of Bethesda where he would lay at every day, where all these people who were needy came together, that an angel would touch the water, and whenever the angel would touch the water, the first person to get to the water would get the healing that day. It was kind of an interesting story. It was a society that had a whole lot of myths in that day and time. And that's where we take up with the story in John chapter 5. It says, After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew, Bethesda, which has five porticos. 
In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So think about this for a moment. These are people that need to be made well. These are people that need health. They're blind, they're lame, they're paralyzed. They cannot do for themselves. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. That's longer than I've even been alive. It's longer than most of us in this room have been alive. 38 years had been an invalid. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had been there a long time, he said, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Well, the man didn't answer Jesus' question. Do you want to be made well? You have to know a little bit about Greek uh, to understand that word well. Uh, it actually, in the Greek, comes from a word that actually comes from Hebrew, and I won't bore you with all the details of it, but if you go back, that word well, it means peace. It means wholeness. It means being remade. Matter of fact, you can trace the roots of that word all the way back to the word that brings us the word Genesis from the very beginning of the word of God. Genesis, where creation begins, where life starts, where things are being made new. And Jesus is asking this deep theological question. Not just do you want to be made well. Jesus is asking, do you want to be Remade completely. Do you want to be born anew? Do you want to be whole? He knew that this man like us, we come from broken places. I don't know where you came from for this weekend. I don't know what fight you had with your family before you came. I don't know who of you in this room are going through with your family some kind of turmoil right now. Something with a friend. But I know we come broken. And Jesus is asking us as we begin this weekend this very same question. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be renewed? Do you want to be the person that God has made for you? Do you want peace? Because peace is not just the absence of conflict. It's not just like when there's not a war going on, we're at peace. It's so much deeper than that. It's being remade. And if you go back in Genesis all the way, it talks about the Spirit of the Lord hovering. And that word is a word that can also mean breath, the breath of God. We're going to talk more about that in just a second, but let me finish the story. The sick man didn't say, yes, I want to be well. He just kind of said, eh, life's hard. I can't make it. And Jesus said to him, stand up. Take up your mat and walk. And at once the man was made well. He took up his mat and he began to walk. It's my prayer and hope that many of us will get up and walk this weekend. Jesus is offering us this opportunity to learn how to pray. He's offering this opportunity, this moment in time in this sacred place to be made new. To be made whole. To start on the path to wellness. To literally be remade in him. And that word breath, spirit, it's all interconnected with this word shalom, which means peace, wholeness, wellness. 
So we're going to begin, since this weekend is about prayer, with a prayer exercise. It's going to seem maybe a little strange to you at first, but we're going to do a breathing exercise because in Scripture, the word spirit, pneuma, is also what it means to talk about the breath of God, the life that God lives, the life that God remakes us. So I'm going to ask you to do this. The reason I'm sitting down is because all of you are sitting down. We're going to do a prayer exercise. I want you to put your feet flat on the floor. If you have something in your hand, I want you to put it down. If you have a cell phone, turn it off. Put it under your seat. Matter of fact, that's a rule when you come in here for service. All cell phones off. Not on vibrate, just off. Just completely off. Um, And I want you to sit with your palms up in your lap. All right? Just palms up. This is a way of sitting in reverence. It's a way of sitting in expectation, like you're waiting with expectation. So with your feet flat on the ground, palms in your lap, hands up, I want you to close your eyes, and we're going to start with a breath. I want you to take it in with me. Let it out. And as we take in this breath together, as in sync as we can be, we're going to breathe out a prayer. It's a one-word prayer. It's that word shalom. It means wholeness. It means wellness. It's a word that says, please heal my broken places. Remake me. So as we breathe in, our breath in is our prayer accepting God. And our breath out is our prayer for peace, for wellness, for wholeness. So we're going to do it like this. We're going to sort of sing it together. Shalom. 
be with you. That's really what we've just said together as we've centered ourselves, as we've allowed ourselves to pray a one word prayer, peace, wholeness. It's a way of putting everything else outside and just focusing in. Did you know that there's a wrong way to pray? Did you know there's a right way and a wrong way to pray? I want to tell you, um, I learned this at six years old, that there was a wrong way to pray. I'm still learning the right way. But at six years old, I learned the wrong way. I was sitting at breakfast before school. I was in the first grade. And my parents, for some reason, decided we were going to go out to eat. So I had a plate full of flapjacks. Mmm, good stuff. And leading up to that, maybe two weeks before... I had sent in a contest form. Now, today you would just do it online, but back then we didn't have internet or anything. I know that's hard for some of you to believe, but when I was six years old, it didn't exist. And we didn't have cell phones, and we didn't have all that stuff. It's kind of funny to think about now, as addicted as I am to the internet. But there was a contest. And if you sent in your name and your address and all this, they would put you into a drawing for the TV station locally. And every afternoon, Masters of the Universe would come on with He-Man, and it was back-to-back with Mighty Mouse. And I would watch Masters of the Universe religiously every day. I loved it. Anybody know what He-Man is? You guys remember? Okay. I have the power, you know, and by the power of Grayskull. Well, I sent in my form to the television station because if they drew your name and if they called you and you had watched Masters of the Universe followed by Mighty Mouse and you could tell them on the phone what the two secret words were that flashed up on the screen, they would send you a gift certificate for like $20 to Toys R Us. I mean, big time. And back then, $20, you could buy the whole store. You know, I mean, it was not quite. I was very excited. So back forward into this restaurant where I was sitting with my family over a plate of flapjacks. I do like pancakes. And they asked me if I would pray that morning for the meal. So I said something to the effect of, thank you, Lord, for this food. And please help me to win that contest. Amen. Well, my parents, like immediately, I mean, as soon as amen was over, I remember them correcting me and saying, Rick, that was a very selfish prayer. We, we really, that's not in the spirit of how we should be praying. And I remember it was kind of a revelation to me. I'm like, really? Because I just want to get that $20 gift certificate so I can go buy some superpowers toys. So that afternoon... My sister, it's always your sister's fault, isn't it? That afternoon, my sister had a Girl Scout meeting 
that she had to go to. We didn't have cell phones, you know, we didn't have any way other than the house phone. And then there was the church phone as well. We gave them a second number because my dad was a pastor and that's where the Girl Scout meeting was. And the Girl Scout meeting started when Mighty Mouse came on. So I had to miss the second show. I saw the first one. He-Man came on by the power of Grayskull, did his thing. And I saw the word. It was mouse. I thought, yes, I know the first word. And then mom said, okay, come on, get in the car. We got to go. And I said, mom, we can't go. She said, come on, we got to go. Your sister's got Girl Scouts. Or it might have been brownies, actually, at that point. She was pretty young, too. They said, we got to go. We got this meeting. I said, but mom, the second show hasn't been on. I got to know the second word. Rick, they're not going to call you today. I mean, the, the chances are astronomical. They're, they're just not going to call you. But mom, no, get in the car. They're not going to call you. So we got in the car, drove to the church, and guess who called the church phone number while I was at church? The television station, the only time I've ever like won a contest in my life. And so they asked, is Rick there? And so they came and got me at the, the office phone, and they said, hi, we're from the, the local TV station, and if you can tell us the two words, you win the gift certificate. Do you know what the two words are? I said, mouse. And they said, what's the other one? I said, mouse. <laughs> I don't know. Said, oh, we're sorry if you don't know the word. Oh, so I had to hang up the phone. I hung my head in shame. My sister, it's your fault. <laughs> one of my friends at school told me the next day the second word was show. Oh, I was so close. To this day, I wish I had won that contest. But my parents felt bad. They made it up to me and still took me to Toys R Us and got me a toy. So that, that worked out okay. But that very early age, I learned something about prayer that is fundamental in Scripture. It is okay to pray for yourself, but that's not the primary purpose of prayer. Matter of fact, that's not even what prayer is. That's supplication. That's asking things. Prayer has a lot more to do with being formed. This weekend, I'm hoping we'll be able to look at prayer and actually do prayer. I'm hoping we'll be able to understand prayer in a new way. The, the, the way we normally pray is for wimps. I'm convinced of it. I'm not sure any of us very often pray Christian prayers. There is a difference between Christian prayer and it takes guts to pray Christian prayer. But by my estimation, even in church, I don't think we very often pray Christian prayers, unfortunately. I think we might have a tendency to pray what I want to call sinful prayers, as opposed to Christian prayers. There is a bug the size of Godzilla <laughs> down front. It looks like a spider, and I think it's... It's probably just excited that The Amazing Spider-Man came out on Blu-ray today, but wow. If it bites me, I'm going to be excited because it might be, it, the thing looks like radioactive. Oh well. Alright, we'll, we'll try to focus in. I don't want to kill it. I, it. It's probably friendly. Okay. Well, let's get back into prayer real quick. I think we have a tendency to pray sinful prayers. 
I put up a, a question on Facebook a couple weeks ago just to ask everybody, and I got a ton of answers. And the question was, can somebody define for me, without looking it up, what is prayer? And I got so many answers about what prayer is, but most of it was not actually the definition for what Christian prayer is. And it just made me think, you know what, we're really confused about what prayer is. We don't really know. Maybe I don't even know. So I went to this book that is a great book called The Book of Common Prayer. And they have these definitions in there. And the definition of prayer was this. Are you ready for this? Prayer is responding to God by thought and by deeds, with or without words. It doesn't say anything in there about necessarily having to ask things or say anything. It's responding to God by thought and deeds, with or without words. Now, why do I say that we pray sinful prayers? Because I also looked up the definition of prayer in the book of Com- or the definition of sin rather in the book of Common Prayer. Get ready for this. Anybody want to know what sin is? I, th- I think we all feel like we know what sin is, but this is the definition: sin, the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God. Thus distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. That spider on his way back up. He probably won't eat much. So sin. Somebody say it back to me. Sin is seeking whose will? Our own will. Instead of God's will. And prayer, you remember what that was? Responding by thoughts and deeds. Very good, very good. So you see what I mean about sometimes I think we pray sinful prayers? Because we're not really interested in what God wants. We're interested in what we want. And I think that usually drives the way we pray. So my definition of sinful prayer is this. Responding to God... By seeking our will instead of His will, and thus distorting our relationship with Him and with others. It's interesting, sin affects not just us, it says it it distorts our relationship with Him and with others. This is how I usually hear prayers at church. And this is how I often pray. Lord, we lift up Uncle Joe's bunions. I pray for strength to get through my week. Lord, Kathy hasn't had a bowel movement in three days. Help her. Lord, touch that person. Which seems frightening to me. What if when you prayed that, something, to, oh, what? You know, touch that person. God, let the Republicans win the election. God. God, please let that girl like me. That might be one that's happening this week at retreat. But think about that. Those are, those are not necessarily all self-centered prayers, but they're not necessarily responding to God either. You know, an interesting thing to do when we have need, I was thinking about this the other day, how often 
Do we look at prayer as responding to God as much as it is just asking? That we would respond to God, that He would help us to become more like Him. How many people, when they get cancer, and this is no slam on anyone with cancer, I've lost loved ones to this disease. But how many of us, if cancer came into our life, would immediately just go, Lord, heal me? How many of us would respond in a way that says, Lord, help me respond to this in a way that draws me near to you? Lord, help me respond in a Christian way in this cancer. Help me to live through this cancer in a way that's going to show Christ. Help me to respond to you. I'm yours, whatever you want. I want to be healed, but God, I want to be whole. I want to be holy. Prayer is responding to God. Christian prayer is responding to God the Father through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's to be formed. It's not to list your requests and just say, give me this, I want that, bless me, Lord, do this, help me with that. Prayer is about being formed. It's about listening more than anything else. The reason it was so awkward a few moments ago and some of you were giggling and kind of laughing when we were doing that one word shalom prayer is we're not used to just sitting and listening. We're not used to just responding, allowing God to come in and take us over. So I believe it's appropriate to ask how we should pray. The Bible has a lot to say about that. We're going to mainly be looking at Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read it quickly tonight because the disciples asked Jesus this question. They asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And it seems like almost every time the disciples ask Jesus a question, or if anybody asks Jesus a question, he has this habit of asking them a question right back. He doesn't really answer it. He kind of gives them something to think about and helps them to search out the answer for themselves. But on this occasion... Jesus specifically answers their question. He tells them, this is the way you do it. This is the way you don't do it. So for most of this weekend, we're going to be focusing in on that. But before we can get there, tonight we have to start. I don't even know if some of us are even on the journey yet. Because it says when you pray, it's assuming that people who are going to be listening are praying. And I don't know if we're all there yet. Listen to the word of the Lord this evening from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. While my spider friend crawls, he's literally right here. There he goes. All right, let's try to focus in. I promise God's bigger than that spider. Okay, try to focus in with me, all right? Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 15. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they can be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. 
But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from evil. And then some translations add on, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Which, that wasn't actually in the scripture until Henry VIII came along and said if you didn't say it, he would kill you. But uh, it's, still a good, it's still a good part. And then there's this last part. It's very important. This is one of the main conditions of our salvation. He says, for if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. So notice at the very beginning, it's when you pray, not if. I think all of us pray in one form or another. It might be a sinful prayer. Or it might be a Christian prayer. It might be a selfish prayer that wants what I want. Or it could be a prayer that wants what God wants. But we have to learn how to communicate with Him. There are different ways of communicating. We don't communicate with God necessarily in the same way that we communicate with each other. And yet, to an extent, we do communicate with God in the way we communicate with each other. There's a new language that has to be learned. My wife and I are expecting our first child in January. It's coming up fast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She has the hard part. I, I'm, I did my part. So uh, I, until the baby, until the baby comes, it's like she's got the really hard job. I just uh, try to coach and help. And then when the baby comes, because I'm one of these artist musician guys, it's home a lot more. I'll be taking care of the baby. But even right now, his name's Alexander Grayson, by the way. Alexander is because uh, the story the story goes, one of the stories around the cross, you won't find this in the Bible, but Alexander was the name of one of the guys in the story around the cross that helped Jesus carry the cross. And Grayson is because I'm a huge comic book fan, and Dick Grayson is the name of Robin, Batman's sidekick. So, Alexander Grayson. But my wife is already communicating with her child. She's always like rubbing her belly and stuff, and... She tells him to move because he gets up in her ribs. It's like, move, oh, you know, move. And I'll speak to him and say, kick your mama, you know. And, and she wants that right now. And I say, kick your mama now, but if you do it when you get out of the womb, I'll spank you. But, you know. And when he's fussy sometimes, this is the coolest thing. We're already trying to speak his language even inside the womb. And when he's fussy and, and kind of moving around or, or kind of really causing her discomfort, sometimes I'll get my guitar out and I'll start playing and singing. And she says he'll calm right down when I start doing that, which is so cool to me. Like she'll be at one of my concerts or something. And, and even like other bands will be up before him. But he's starting to recognize my voice. And so now like 
you know, I was at, we were at a concert the other night, and the person before played, and he would just be fussy and kicking and moving. And I got up and started playing, and he calmed down. And, and I was like, isn't that cool? It's not because I'm like the greatest in the world. It's just I think he's becoming familiar with who we are as we're trying to become familiar with him. So we've already begun communicating with Alex. And, you know, babies speak a different language. Even when they come out, they, like, try to know the world. They try to learn the world by putting everything in their mouth. They want to taste everything, you know. It's like they haven't learned yet how to communicate one way, so they're going to experience. If there was a baby right here on this platform, I guarantee it would try to crawl over and put its mouth on every one of these petals on the stage, you know. Or it would grab that spider and just eat it, you know. Ten dollars to the person who does it afterward. Not, not for me. Josh will pay you ten dollars. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. He's not really like it. But they try to put everything in their mouth, right? That's how they communicate. They have to learn a new language. They have to learn how to communicate. The hearing impaired are going to communicate differently than people who can hear. A new language, that's why we use sign language so often. And they rely on their other senses. A person who's blind is going to communicate differently than a person who has sight in a lot of ways because they have to learn to rely on other senses. Well, Christian prayer has its own language. We have to learn a new way of speaking, a new way of listening. And it is about listening. It's not about trying to get God to do things for you. It's about being formed by God. And listening for how He communicates with us. He says, when you pray, do this. And then He says how not to do it and how to do it, which we're going to look at this weekend. But I want to make sure we're all there on this journey. I want to make sure we're all going together. It's really hard if we're not on the journey to start praying together. The journey of following Christ can begin this weekend. If you have not come to that point where you've decided for yourself, I want to take up this journey. I want to follow. That can happen this weekend. We've made the process very difficult. We say you've got to pray this prayer. You've got to say that. You've got to do that. I like Jesus' way. Jesus walks up to people, literally in Scripture. This is how he makes a convert. He says, follow me. And then they go. I mean, literally. It's, it's, it's never, like, Jesus never is like, well, you, would you like me to come into your heart? It's very difficult. I'll jump in your throat. I'll move down through, get into the left ventricle. And... Jesus' approach is much more practical. He says, follow me. That means do what I do. Learn how to say what I say. Listen to how I speak. Listen to what I'm doing. Let me change your life, not just your soul. Let me change everything about you. Let me change the way you communicate with others. People accept that invitation in different ways. Sometimes it's at an altar. Sometimes it's in a car. Sometimes it's at a Tim Hortons. Do you guys have Tim Hortons where you live? It's, you know, I think Canada's taken over the world through Tim Hortons, I, I think, because that's the starts in Canada. There's a guy named Brian Jerzak, who is a, an awesome minister. And uh, he told a story the other day about he and a friend of his that went into a, a Tim Hortons restaurant. And he and his friend are both believers, and they've been trying to listen for a while to what God would say. And Brian's friend that was in line with him 
He said, Brian, um, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray with this lady that's about to take our order. And he said, do you think I should? And Brian said, absolutely you should. Absolutely you should let me order first. <laughs> so they walked up to the counter and Brian ordered his food first and walked away. And this guy had this real sense that this person was in pain. In some way, like physical pain. He didn't know the story. It wasn't like he'd gotten this message from down on high. But he was a person of prayer and he just sensed God was speaking something to him. And so they walked up to the counter and Brian's friend, he said, I know this is going to sound really strange, ma'am, but I'm a Christian and I really feel like I'm supposed to pray with you. I said, I know this is weird, it's embarrassing, but are you in some sort of pain? Are, are you hurting in some ways? That I, just, I get this feeling that you're really in a lot of pain. And she said, my neck is so, I can't even move my head. I, I, can't, I can't even move it. It's all I can do to stand here without wincing. So I was in a car accident and it's just killing me. And he said, do you mind if I pray with you? Right there in Tim Hortons. And she said, okay. And so he prayed. He said, Jesus, I believe you're speaking, but you want to bring healing. Do you want to help this lady? So please, God, do your work. I know you care about her. I know you love her. I don't know exactly what you desire, but Lord, we're waiting on you. He said a prayer, something to that extent, walked over and started eating with his friend Brian again, who was telling the story. And Brian said they kind of looked and they kind of watched the lady and she was kind of walking around the counter smiling and she was sweeping and stuff and picking up plates and moving things. And finally, they had to ask her, they said, are you, are, are you feeling better? And she says, see this? I couldn't do that before. <laughs> and he said, I want you to know that Jesus healed you. That Jesus wanted me to pray for you and wanted you to know. And she said, well, I, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in all kinds of spiritualities. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what it was, but he said, no, lady, Jesus healed you. You need to know this. I prayed not to some other God. I prayed to Jesus. And Jesus healed you. You see what I mean a little bit about being formed and learning to listen in prayer? The invitation to his kingdom is a call to a different way of life. The kingdom of heaven doesn't start after you die. The kingdom of God starts now. Jesus says the kingdom of God is among you. It's in your midst. It's the way that we live life together as believers. It's living under the rule of God on earth as it is in heaven. It begins now. So since prayer is not just talking to God, but it's actually responding to Him, I want to know from all of you, are we willing this weekend to be formed by Him? Are you willing to take up your cross, to count the cost of being a disciple? Jesus says, Luke chapter 14, 
Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He tells us to count the cost before following him and taking this journey. Jesus is looking for followers who will go with him all the way. Followers who will be bold enough to listen to God and stand in a Tim Hortons and be uncomfortable and awkward and say, I think I need to pray with you. That's the kind of commitment we're talking about. This is not just a spiritual journey. This is a physical here and now journey. The kingdom of God is real. Jesus was crucified not because he had some abstract spiritual existential experience. Nobody's going to crucify you if you have this you know, personal experience with Jesus. All right, Nobody's going to kill you for that. Nobody's going to care. You know why they killed Jesus? Because he went against every system of the day. He said Caesar was not Lord. He said the government is not Lord. He says our Lord is Lord. And I will bow the knee to no other. Matthew chapter 6, 33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It's a call to a new life that says, I give my allegiance to the kingdom of God first and foremost above any other kingdom of this world. It comes before America, Mexico, Canada, anywhere else. It's the kingdom of God. It's a call to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you. It's a call to walk humbly with the Lord your God. It's a calling that says, lay down your rights. Now, I promise I'm almost finished. I don't know, you're probably like, amen, thank you. But it's a calling to lay down your rights. I'm so glad we're past this election because everybody was wrong. Every four years, this country falls into absolute sinful, chaotic madness, and I can't stand it. The Republicans are wrong. The Democrats are wrong. Everybody's wrong because everybody's concerned with their rights. What I want, what I get. It's the exact opposite of what Jesus tells us to pray for. He says, lay down your rights. Be a servant to all. Follow me. It's called, it says, go out and love people who the church has forgotten how to love. It's a call to see beyond the false treasures of this world and see something more that may not be so obvious at first. We're going to show a very brief film clip from a movie called The Matrix. Anybody seen The Matrix before? Good, a few of you have seen it, I guess. You're not old enough to, so I don't know why you've seen it. But I'm not showing a bad scene, but there's a scene in this film that describes the kingdom of God in an amazing way. There's a choice between a red pill and a blue pill. At the conclusion of this tonight, I want you to think of this not as watching the movie The Matrix, but I want you to hear the invitation that's given in this one short scene as the invitation that's for all of us from Jesus. The invitation to either go back to life as usual, the way it was, or to accept the new way. And I want you to think about the red pill as this communion table tonight. Of partaking of Christ, of coming together and saying, Lord, by taking this bread and dipping it in this cup, and taking it in, I'm saying yes to following you. I'm saying yes. If I've never started this journey of being a Christian before, I'm saying yes tonight by coming up and receiving this. This table is for those that want to follow Jesus. That means you're not required to do this. You don't have to. 
But for those that want to know Jesus, that want to follow Jesus, and for those that want to take this journey of prayer with me this weekend, where God wants us to go, I'll invite you to come forward at the conclusion and receive the elements. We're going to do this in every service as a way of saying, Jesus, I accept your invitation to your feast, to your table that's called the kingdom of God. I accept tonight. I confess I cannot do it by myself. By taking this bread, I'm acknowledging I'm a sinner. I'm acknowledging that I cannot be number one in my life anymore, that I have to follow you. And I want you to think of this invitation as the video plays. Are we ready to show it, guys? Okay. Pay attention to this. You want to know what it is. The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room, you can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on the television. You can feel it when you go to work. When you go to church, when you pay your taxes, it is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a silly Leo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and leave whatever you want to do. You take the red pill. You stay on the night. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. for you, you have to experience it yourself. But I want you to think of this. No one can experience the kingdom of God for you. You have to make this journey yourself. Tonight as we come together, hear these words. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. By accepting the invitation to this meal tonight, we're saying yes to the journey. If you've already started it, this is your way of saying, Lord, I still need you. So once again, I invite you and me. If this is your first time to ever take that step and say, I want to start following Jesus, I want to know what this is about. If you're even curious about it, tonight this is for you. This table is a table the Lord has set for us tonight. It's his invitation into his kingdom. What I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment, if you're willing, if you're brave enough, if you want to start this journey of prayer together, I'm going to ask you to just come down in two different lines. Come down the middle, kind of, kind of make your way down. So just tear off a piece of bread, which represents the body. We'll dip it in the cup, which represents the blood. We'll take it. And by taking it, you're accepting the invitation to God's table. You're saying, yes, Jesus, I want what you want. Yes, I accept your salvation. I accept that I need you. And if you want to pray, the alders are down here. They're on the side. They're specifically over here. So you're not going to just be in front of people. You can take as much time as you need. But just to make it a little easier for those that want to join us on this journey this weekend, will you stand together? Let's pray. Lord, let this be for us the body and blood of our Lord. Lord Jesus, bless this table as you have set it for us tonight. As we come together to this mystery, we don't claim to understand everything. We just say yes. You say follow me. And we say okay. And following you means doing the kind of things you are about. Help us as we begin this journey. In the name of Jesus, I pray. If you're going to come, come at this time. And come they did. It was, uh, it was wonderful, that first session, to be able to see at least 250 teens a few adults come out of their seats and partake of the Lord's table together saying, yes, Lord, we want to follow you on this journey. So that was that was awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you uh, the next three sessions. So thanks for listening to Voices in My Head. Come back next week for session two, and uh, thanks for being with us, guys. I really appreciate it. The Lord bless you and keep you, and uh, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Blessings. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.